out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon. It's the last two days of the hundred days of call-in. So glad you'll be here when you get here. So yeah, FTX took a giant flaming asteroid cratering dump in the market because there was a man by the name I barely man uh, Sam Bankman Friedman I guess he I can't take his manhood away I, that's not my right I don't get to do that um, he just is a bad man well he's a very bad man you know and I think there were reports that said that he was a diagnosed uh, sociopath that, that it's like proven I don't really know where I heard that so I can't confirm that but there is, there does seem to be a high rate of sociopathy amongst the uh, <clears throat> high finance parallels, the echelons. You know, we really need to start checking those people as a social measure. You know, just as a measure of accountability, I think, you know, this person is a sociopath. They will behave, you know, arbitrarily towards the marketplace in their own self-interest. Uh, the decisions they make won't make sense. Uh, so, you know, and I think that that a test for sociopathy should also happen for people, members of the bureaucratic class as well, especially people in the intelligence agency. So, um, <clears throat> Ninja, Nate's with us and he says, I'll, I'll take his manhood away, no problem. <laughs> what would you use, a scythe or a, a, a serrated knife? <laughs> Get up here, Nate. <laughs> Were you an investor? Were you an investor? Hello. Let's see if he, his Michael. Hey, Maze, how's it going? You know, can you guys do me a big favor? If you have a bunch of people and you're following, can you go to the invite tab and invite with the little man with a plus, and can you hit it and invite your people? to come to this. It's the last two days of the 100 days of call-in, and I just I just want to have some people to talk to about FTX, especially if any of them have been, like, crypto investors. Um, <clears throat> hey, Nate, are, were you a crypto investor? Did you have anything uh, set in FTX? You there? Hey, it's Gregor! Nate, are you with us? Okay, so I can't hear your mic if it's open. I'll have to come back because he's going to drop out and come back. <clears throat> hey, if you're having problems on the platform, just uh, I don't know if you have adopted a VPN, but a really great VPN that I use, I think is really awesome, is uh, is Proton VTM, VPN, and it's out of... Uh, the guys who... Some guys who used to work for CERN went and started Proton Mail and then they branched out and they want to make it a platform service that's that's more private, more encrypted. And one of the guys who used to work for CERN also was used to live in Hong Kong and he wanted to serve human rights. So he started um, you know, human rights dissenters and, and uh things like that. I've invited him several times to come talk to me, but you know, not yet, not yet. Um so this is this guy is really great, and now they're expanding the platform services so that more people can can get their news out and and that sort of thing. Also, I just wanted to indicate before it got too late that Epoch Times had their uh, YouTube channel demonetized, like they they sanctioned uh, Epoch News on YouTube. So Google cut their ability to get money on the platform just because they didn't like what they were saying. So, <clears throat> and Epoch happens to be, Epoch TV in particular, happens to be saying a lot of true things about China. And China is one of the, the main purveyors of, of uh, data to Yuan to Google money trade. So if they be pissing off China, I could totally see how they might get the chop chop. And so I also invited them to to come to 
the unsanctioned citizen and talk to us about what happened. So, um, go ahead, Nate. What's going on? Uh, did you have FTX currency? Uh, okay. So, fortunately, when I got into crypto, uh, it was pre-FTX. and So, you are so, in crypto. You have coin? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I do, yes. That's rad. Yes, I do. That's rad. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe in crypto. I think it's, as a concept, I think it's a really great thing. And as time has gone on, my, you know, I think there are, personally, I think things like this are almost orchestrated, you know? Now, I know there's the saying, you know, don't, uh, don't attribute to malevolence what you can explain by incompetence and i think that's right and i think you know very likely that's that's the case here but also i think it's going to be very convenient this you know in, in terms of spinning narratives that this happens and it serves you know federal government will use it to serve as justification to further regulate the uh crypto space even though we have laws on the books that would adequately do it, I think they will use it. They'll use the number of people who got burned to say we need more regulation. And, you know, I can just see it unfolding right now, even though even though the people who were behind it were, you know, when you look at it, I mean, you have people within the federal government who had very close ties. Beneficiaries. Absolutely. Uh Uh And it's like, why don't we look at those people first? First things first. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, let's get, you know, let's address the low-hanging fruit here. But um, I think the low-hanging fruit for the people, right, for individual investors is completely different from the low-hanging fruit for the federal government. And that's So, a, a so fun, let's, that's let's just distinct the, make those things real distinct right now. Which do you think is which? Make the distinction right now. What are they? The low-hanging fruit for individuals would be to see the appropriate individuals who were behind this uh, prosecuted to see them punished appropriately according to the law. That's what I think. That's what I direct. Very easy. You know, related. <laughs> look at it like Bernie Madoff, right? Mm-hmm. He what, made off with their did, money. What did most of those people want? They wanted to see him because they knew he was responsible. They knew that this was. You know, you can't stop bad actors. You can, you, I mean, you can't stop the, uh, you know, human nature being what it is. You are going to get bad players, but, uh, but at least prosecuting them is, you know, that's step one. Uh, and if you look at, you know, but people are so ignorant of what the laws are on the books, they wouldn't eat. You know, so many people wouldn't know or don't care if they're not in crypto. They're not going to care if there's more regulation because half the country are not investors. They have nothing to do with it. So they're they're out. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, the other yeah. half who are in it, right, you've got a, a portion who is incredibly powerful, a very small portion. And then you have, you know, probably the other group that me, you, a lot of other people fall into who are, you know, who it affects, but who don't have enough power to influence the kind of policy that is set when it comes to the, you know, when it comes to actually making those rules. So I just don't doubt that the Biden administration will use it as an opportunity before he's out of office to, uh, you know, to, to make a move on it. And it's sad, really, because it is one of the final frontiers of, you know, the beauty of the Internet, in my opinion. It's the original promise of the internet. When we go back, it's not that you would have uh, an entity like Facebook or YouTube controlling bad speech and allowing good speech through. No, it's that you would allow people to communicate freely from interference and to not uh, to not control what they were doing. And crypto is an extension of that, and and it's. You know, it's sad to see this happening because you can see mm. the writing on the wall. Okay. Okay. And so I, hope, I, I see I'm the. Wrong. I, 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 you know, it, we've got a ways to go. There's lots to be proven, proven wrong. 
proven by the justice system. The justice system has has an opportunity here to step up and actually prosecute people who commit financial crimes, and they haven't done it yet. And so, so far, the the depravity, or rather the de- deficit of law enforcement in uh, that that has been commissioned repeatedly over the course of two decades, really. Um, between the 08 financial crash and uh, even some of the stuff that happened in 01, 2000, 2004, you know, these little little mini bubbles, these mini crises, none of these players really went. Enron, does anybody remember Enron? The CEO of FTX today is the guy who ran Enron. If that doesn't flag something for you, these people are screaming and crying out for uh, punishment. They're saying, I did did it, I'll do it again. I'll continue to do it if you don't arrest me and stop me from doing this because I'm a a psychopath. And they're they're really screaming for for arrest and regulation of, of who these singular people it's it's criminals who do the ma- the majority of the crime is that right everybody else is busy not doing crime so the so the there are laws to be enforced for some reason they're slipping around the edges and they're not caught because there's corruption maybe in our political space that's no longer an excuse anymore you know they violated the law they injured the public interest you know the outcry should be loud and strong for our government government and DOJ authorities to go after the criminals and not the public. They think it's easier to go after the public and scare them into a, a crowded little little corner space because they'll obey the laws. You know, they're easy to catch. But for some reason, you know, where is where is let's dispense with the cowardice, be professionals and go get the perpetrators. You know, it's laying out in the open. Everyone can see it. I don't know where the crisis of confidence really is. Is it in law enforcement? Is there a prohibition from other people in the government saying, oh, they got us a lot of political support, you know? So should we make it a political crime, you know, in order for them to pay attention and, and be adequate in this space? I don't know what it's going to take, honestly, Nate. But I, I believe that, you know, when you say low-hanging fruit is here... Okay, I believe that what they intend to do is to turn it towards, oh no, CBDC, that's going to be the TSA crotch inspection of the future. You know, CBDC and the, and the Fed inspecting all digital space currencies. So that, that is, this is where you shall turn for your solutions because DeFi crypto, it'd be, it be bad because Sam Bam- Bankman Friedman, Sam Bank Friedman, who won't be in jail, by the way, you know, if they choose to do this, I, I, I guarantee you, if they force the CBDC on this, on the auspices that this happened with FTX, this man won't go to jail. That's my prediction. Anybody want to challenge me on that? Uh, I well, I think he will go to jail. I think the reason he will go to jail is that there are institutional investors who have retirement accounts. So it's, but uh, he'll be punished. I mean, he'll be. Uh, I mean, I think he's, he's in the always, Bahamas, walking around like oh, yeah. a free man right now. Oh yeah, he is for right now, and you know that billion dollars that went missing. Um, I mean. Who knows if that will ever be investigated? Uh, I, I mean, I think in one way or another, he's going to be taken care of for the rest of his life. I think he will be prosecuted. Um, now, I'm not like hoping. I just I anticipate it. But um, but I think how convenient, how convenient mm-hmm. that now I know technically he gave money. He was, you know, personally, he was, I think, you know, he clearly where his political um, leanings were, but you know, I did hear uh, and it was a, it was on YouTube. It was, and I'm forgetting the source now, but there was somebody within like the C-suite that gave money to uh, Republican cause uh, or you know conservative cause. But I find it interesting that all this happened after the midterms. 
you know, it's like the midterms and then all this falls apart, you know? So, or is that correct? What is the, do you remember what the exact timeline Uh, is? It was a little before, definitely during, and then after there was ruptures during the, the, the campaign season. And then it finally happened. Uh, there were definitely rumbles and, and earthquake tremors, let's say. You know, if you... This guy was... You could see the fracking going on, <laughs> so to speak. The, the finance... The, the finance fracking. You could see it. People people saw it. You know, they said, oh, this guy doesn't know where his money's coming from. There were, there were flags all over the place, okay, from people who actually dealt with money and not politics, okay, but it was like, this is my friend, I'm going to be paid to, like, look the other way, and I will, because I got his money for campaigning, and I'll just be quiet and focus on my campaign, and that's what they did. (laughs) So I think the campaign finance is going to get some reno um, and I think that Citizen Citizens United should definitely get a So can you hear me appropriately? Sorry, you're 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 next to unhearable. I'm gonna try and are you there? And you can hear me? Okay. Sorry, I had my ear pods on and now for some reason it's uh not it is not uh I'm gonna have to call back and I am so sorry, Sheila. I'll call right back. Thank you so much. Okay, I can, you're still very, very quiet. Try your, uh, try, you know, like, if you're using a mic, maybe unplug it or something, because I could hear some sort of, like, in the background. How about there now? Is that, is that better? Yeah, 100%. There we go. Oh, my gosh. I had, a, I had the settings actually switched to off. Ah, there you go. That's bad. Sorry, guys. It was un, it was my... Not my intention. Um, so, so you can. I'm glad we can hear each other. So, where was I? Uh, I would say uh, start from two two minutes ago. Sorry. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, just just go right back. Yeah, just go right back and pick, start it up from there. Well, uh, I just I, want I just want you to know that the people at Bloomberg are not saying anything new about about crypto in terms of like being a privacy coin or that it's a it's a 
a low regulation currency international and that you still could use it for human rights stuff but it's you know one one man's human rights is another government's crime you know <laughs> yeah. no, it's very true and and that's and that's just it you know is when given the choice between having control and not having control which one do you think either the US government or any you know sort of international consortium of uh, of governments are going to choose you know and that's the is the fundamental question is which one are they going to choose and i don't think it's a cynical thing to assume that they're going to uh, you know, they're going to pick, well, regulate, control. Yeah, if we can have our hands in this. I mean, it's a space that uh, I, I think it's so interesting. It's like first institutional type investors wanted in, right, because there was money to be made. And now that it looks like the gravy train is sort of ending um, in terms of like the bull market, right? I, I mean, I don't think it's it's so not an end for crypto because we've seen this so many times. Which is Bitcoin. more of a bear right now. Let's just, right. let's just be honest. It's a bear. Yeah, it is. And that's, you know, it's fine. Like there's, there are, it's not fine, but okay. I mean, it sucks. <laughs> no, it's, it sucks. It sucks, but it's, but how many, we have seen this before with Bitcoin. Like how many times have you seen where if you put thousands of dollars, tens of thousands, hundreds, whatever, and you've seen it plummet, you know, and what happened? It, you know, eventually it went back up. It might have taken. Yeah, it's years, a, it's a resilient taken... currency if you just wait. You know, right? It's. I wait. think it's. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is. Now, does that apply to every coin? Like, of course not. But I think the main coins that are out there, I think there's there's enduring uh, value in them, and you know, no single entity can take it away, and that's its greatest strength. You know, is that it's not governed by a government that it has nothing to do with yeah it's an independent government. entity yeah i mean th there's the virtue and what i said on twitter today was that if they if they say oh let's go to traditional you know fed regulated currencies for all crypto there will be lightning from heaven because this idea came from people who wanted decoupling from you know federal currencies there was nothing they invented this so that there would not be um you know digital mandated currency this would be this is the counter um counter court to the the legacy finance that has betrayed and utterly betrayed human rights seekers people who have invested in the marketplace and been unprotected it actually is the fruit of the fed becoming this this massive uncontrolled uh monster that can kind of you know uh pick off people as it as it chooses just as just as donald trump was the fruit of the working class mm -hmm. in my opinion being abandoned by the left and, and the right and the right absolutely yep fair enough um, I think this is the fruit of investors continuously being screwed over while, you know, the vast majority of the time banks bailed out, taken care of. The people who perpetrated it are like the worst offenders are uh, let go and average people are left to foot the goddamn bill. And um, it's, you know... But I'm, I'm thinking of ways around it, right? And there are, I think there are already products out there, if I understand it properly, that, you know, yes, it can be, they can attempt to regulate it, but I'm pretty sure that there are already, there are ways around it. Now, I mean, there could be laws passed that, that would criminalize those current means which you are... know what i i just had a clarification like i i became clear as you were speaking about the rays of political interest and in, in these two platforms that we call the republican and democratic party um and and specifically specific clarity to to the ones i know better right now I've been focusing more on the Republican politics because that's where I've, that's the the housing I've had to 
climb into the tent that I had to go to for shelter uh, during the last, you know, four to seven years of being absolutely silenced by people who used to be normal with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's the purpose of this program is to talk about that experience. Now, I, I just want you to know that Musk has had the platform for approximately two weeks, and David Sachs, the proprietor who was used used to to this particular network, you know, he also helped them with the transition. There was there was a whole team of of former PayPal you know aficionados that that went in to help him through this crisis. And they're going to kind of step or trickle away right now. Uh, but they they came in to help with, with Twitter. And so now that Musk has had it roughly two weeks, two and a half, three weeks, um, you know, they're talking about letting, letting Trump have his account back. But you know what has happened miraculously are people that I would normally have a, you know, like say this was Twitter. 2011 or even 2009 I would have a normal repartee about civil libertarian issues okay mm-hmm. after 20 say 2012 those people went into some kind of lockdown and I was I was frozen out completely behind a damn ice wall no explanation whatsoever couldn't figure it out didn't know what I did wrong there was no discussion that was that was the policy I had I had suspicions it's because there was some you know loose association with Julian Assange's people well okay that's but, that's, but that's, that's I can't make that distinction or conclusion because the intercept and other leftists in that field were still having conversations and carrying his news and that was before the um that was before the prism leaks or the, you know the big edward snowden drop okay it was getting increasingly more and more dangerous because oh, it was before it was yeah. before yeah it was before it was 20 like late 2011 2012 and then and then obama had a kill list and then obama had drones and then obama was like he was doing all these like fascistic really oppressive uh, game investments towards you know that that's when the the, the crotch evaluators came out at the airport. You know I, I'm beginning to couch things as like pre TSA crotch inspection, post TSA crotch inspection. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's that's how I'm couching things now. <laughs> okay, so he's had it two weeks. Musk has had it two weeks. One of the people from Evan Greer. He's he's a trans man, man woman. I don't know pick a day so uh, he is trans and he's on twitter and he's been highly influential in the civil libertarian space and he's actually been a pretty moderate voice for 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 things okay and and i've i've admired his work and i've always thought that his policies were pretty good uh but he's in pocket with those folks and he couldn't talk to me apparently been tweeting without a response for well over eight years today was the first day he let himself talk to me she, he, she. I don't know. Okay, so, so what is that? Do you think now? How much I called him out on it. I called him out on it. I, I said these community, these Sandhill communitarians, as civil libertarian watchdogs, not trustworthy. Not now. Trustworthy. Why? 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 So the why now? To me, why now? Is it? Yeah. Is why it now? He knows. Is it because he knows a certain somebody knows where the bodies are now? Is that? I mean, is that kind of the assumption? Because it seems like. That was kind of. Uh, he said, you, know. "You got me. You got me." And I said, "Well, I'm glad the collective let you have a hall pass." But eight years, okay? Eight complete years. Complete and utter silence. So, okay. So him saying, "You got me." Somebody mm-hmm. saying, "You got me." Is it them having a change of heart, or is it that that person? Uh, is it a, a structural or a fundamental uh, sort of real? Not an understanding, but okay. It's interesting that that coincided with uh, Twitter being taken over by right? Musk. Yeah, and, and and so 
I mean, I don't want to like read too much into any single thing, but I think there has, I mean, there must be, there must be an assumption that, uh, that he, there must be some bodies, a whole lot of bodies that go along with that takeover information that was very, very, very well kept that is now in the hands of somebody who, uh, you know, doesn't have the same overall worldview or political agenda. And, um, you know, that, that makes me wonder what, what information really came along with that takeover. Well, all um, of it, all the information came along with the takeover and I'm, I'm proud of, of Elon Musk. And I, I had tweeted at him earlier this week that if, even if he burned Twitter to the ground, okay, right. it would be better than what they were doing. They were, they had, they had operatives inside of Twitter that were taking fifteen thousand and pocketing it in their pocket, okay, for a blue check. If you had enough cash, you could you could pay to speak. If okay. you knew the knew the right people at Twitter, so that is you know. Then it became like, okay, pay eight dollars, and, and that they, was, and the story became that was a coup, right? What a, what a awful, awful, like how dare who paid the fifteen grand? That's what my, like, it's like, yeah, yes, and it, it's like, how dare, how dare he, it like democratize the blue check mark? How dare he? Right? That was right. the gut reaction, and see, I'm not a not a Twitter person, haven't been, will probably be one now, but um, I just, it was one, it was one uh, social media forum I just kept away from, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I didn't engage in it either because I hate hierarchy. I really hate hierarchy. I, I understand the argument people made for, for being on it, and it made sense, but, but as I learned more about it, the more I learned, you know, and I, I say learned over the last, like, two years, really, uh, then it, it it just motivated me to just okay. I've, this is one thing that's not in my day to day habitual social media use, and I don't think I should start right now. That was kind of the the conclusion. But but I can see why people would. It, it makes sense. But um, yeah, the blue checkmark thing uh, that I I'm still I mean I'm ignorant on certain things, but that <laughs> makes sense. I had. And I had heard that you could pay for one. I had heard you could pay for one, but now it's becoming... Like, who do you oh, know? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a guy. I know a guy on Twitter. If you just, you just pony up, like, the 15 grand, uh, we'll get you a blue check, man. And is it really that difficult? Like, it's that difficult to get one? Is it? No, you know what? I have no idea. I have no idea. Everything that was so occluded at Twitter that now... I, I hope the transparency plus this transparency, this bogus, flatulently bad transparency report accounting. They had, like I have said so many times, oh Gregor wants to call. I'm going to invite you to speak, and then we're going to take we're going to take Gregor because Gregor is awesome. Let's see here, I'm going to invite you to speak, and then we're going to bring up Gregor. Okay, Gregor. One so has to turn on one's microphone, right? Anyway, um, you know, being oh, told... oh, one, one, one more, because I want people to hear you speak. Uh, if anybody here is here in the room, would you just, you know, please politely hit your man plus mic with the invite and invite any of your follower people to come listen? Because I think some of these things that are being said are quite valuable, and I, I really would like more people to know about them. Go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Well, it has been an interesting conversation with you and Nate. I mean, from cryptocurrency to the Twitter madness now. Mm. Um, but uh, first off, question for those who know something about cryptocurrency, which is not this guy. Um, you know, isn't it probable that as long as you are not part of, say, Coinbase or whatever, if you're holding your own keys on, you know, your own drives, that there's no way they're going to be able to regulate the blockchain that's that's what i was getting at that that's my understanding um as well and i I think so that would make it more difficult to 
slightly uh, well not more difficult slightly less convenient i guess right as far yeah. as i know you're gonna have to get a warrant and demand the inspection of those keys and a subpoena. oh, oh I mean, yeah you're gonna have that's difficult but convenient to work with it as i mean as as somebody who's used those major exchanges um you know they are convenient but no i mean i think that's i think to my knowledge and again i'm not an expert but that those uh i mean having having a digital wallet right and being able to store it locally uh i'm pretty sure that that's insulation uh but again not not an expert okay all right well we have two non-experts but making t- just telling what you know actually is pretty helpful i didn't mean to, to steal your thunder uh gregory so um please Oh, it didn't feel like it was you were answering a question. You weren't stealing thunder. Um, and then when it comes to Twitter, you know, uh, being the old fart in the room, um, you know, I remember when we used to have to dial up to the local college in order to get on the internet. <laughs> yeah, had a Unix account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got, I learned yeah. when I learned the when I learned how to navigate the internet. It was all Unix because I had to call up UCSD from my high school, from my junior high school. I mean, this is when this is this is how old fart I am. So, I mean, CompuServe was a huge deal in my house, right? Um, but uh, you know, the interesting thing about Twitter, watching it grow, when it first came out, I was required at work to get to know it because we were. I was a tech support geek for fifteen years, and we had to know everything, pretty much. And some of us tried to get certified. And in order to be certified, you have to have X number of followers. You had to have all these other things. You had to have this much engagement. And it's like, it was, it was, you know, it was really insane. And I could see people who wanted that blue check mark paying the $15,000. Mm-hmm. And then there's Tim Poole, who tells a story about his blue check mark where he worked for Vice. They called up somebody at Twitter and said, done. I mean, you know, so it all depends Hell. who you know. So again, it's one of those things. Legitimacy. So the legitimacy has nothing to do with actual legitimacy of you being a person. That's right. That's right. It's these cert people making the rules. You know, it's like they you could you could go the right way and do all the the hoop jumping and get the certification and still never get the benefits. This this guy's got to go. I'm going to drop him. I'm just going to boot boot him. Like uh, goodbye, Ben. Yes, goodbye. <laughs> that's like having a cockroach in the room that's a troll. <laughs> troll roach. You just hit it with the back of your shoe. No! Now, if he, if he finds my um, call-in show, then I'll remember that. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Just say no. Yeah, just Is say this no. The same, anyway. The, same guy. Same guy, same, right? Different, different, okay. same guy, different guy, same MO. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Anyway, They're out thanks there. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, I actually have to run because I do have a room starting in about 20 minutes. Oh, so. okay, great. I mean, am I the one invited to that room? Is that the room? That's the room I, I sent you an invite, yeah. And, yeah, okay. I'll know. come to the room, I promise, because you've been you've been great. Every time you've been on here, you've been great. Um, I'll come and, and be a guest and try to add something useful. No, we'll see. It's all about World War Three, so we'll have fun with that, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> I can profit, profit of doom it. I can do that. <laughs> Anybody want to come up here and profit and doom it ahead of the, like the pre-show? <laughs> so we have Zoro, we have Ice Ice, who's been in here pretty, you know, pretty frequently actually. Welcome back, Ice. And then, um, and then Kevin, who's basically a flasher person, I guess, you know, according to his icon. I'm not. I, I don't know anything about you other than what your dot tells me. <laughs> you know, I have. I, I know nothing. But I can't cast any dispersions upon you either. So I, I just want to say thanks to everyone who did stop by. I mean, we've got a pretty decent room. Saturdays are, are better. I want to let you know this is the last two days of 100 Days of Colin. After this, I am going to take two weeks off of Colin. I'm going to take two weeks off of Colin after the 100 Days is over. And then I'm going to come back on Saturdays. Uh, and do my um, unsanctioned citizen and with a with a special that AI show. So I'll do I'll do the uh, superhuman interesty stuff, and then I'll do just like gonna be me croaking about human rights on a big giant you know virtual what is it a, a 
cello, you know, <laughs> making making somber sounds about human rights, and then I'll go do like a tech show. Hey, Nate, can you mute your mic? I can hear everything. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, I'm gonna take two weeks off, and then there's gonna be one, you know, kind of streaming Saturday show where we kind of like do one hour of this or half hour of this, half hour of that, and then um, then we'll just keep it going there on in Colin and try to get more people to come to the show. We good? <laughs> Nate, do you have any parting shots? Anything you want to say before we get out of here? Because I, I agreed to go do Gregor's show. I did. Uh, parting shots. Uh, I'm glad that uh, I am proud to be to have participated in and helped to support 100 days of Colin. I believe in what I believe in what you're doing, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm grateful that you have stuck it out up to this point, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm glad that you you did something that a lot of very large entities have failed to do, What's which that? is really amazing. It's it's really amazing, like it really is actually. Um, so you created something where you encourage people to freely speak instead of just you know judging what they had to say based on their politics and you know um and that is something that i mean that's really what that's at the crux i think of what we're uh i mean one of the things i'm fighting for and i think it's definitely one of the things you're fighting for and so i'm really yeah i'm happy to have been a part of it yeah nate thank you that's that's a very very high compliment and um you know i i definitely look forward to it it's not you know, freedom of speech isn't as, as popular uh, in, in some practice. People a lot of times just want to hear an echo chamber. They just want to be comforted because they feel attacked based on what's going on with them. And I totally understand that perspective because that's how I've been that person. So um, I, but I also understand that, you know, you need to, to stretch. You need to, to mentally stretch and, and expose yourself to other viewpoints. I find that um, that is really beneficial over time. Uh, you got you got to stretch. You got to put yourself out there and, and examine other people's viewpoints, even if it if it shakes you and if it alarms you, it it makes you feel things. Um, you got to you got to stretch yourself and, and make yourself exposed to to other people's views. Um, you know, not necessarily the, their insults and their pot shots and their you know the things that they they say directly to you, um, you know, about you necessarily. But if they're talking to you about their ideas and their worldview. Correct. That's that's very different. Um, Absolutely. And I, I've learned a hell of a lot being on Colin as well. Is that you know one of the key things that I took away that I, I had no no practical basis for is that there there are many people who call themselves uh, you know leftist commentators who who don't like law enforcement because they are busy committing drug crime. Like that's that's the score. Like they they want to do drug crime, and that's why they're they're doing that. Interesting. Yeah, that's what I learned. I learned that they they don't like United States laws. They said this out loud. I didn't say it. I'm not the one thinking the way that they do. I, I'm coming into the door as like, oh, well, this seems to be like a communitarian leftist show on on world politics and policy. Okay, I'll give it a listen. And then what comes out is that they don't like U.S. laws because if and when that they are enforced. Uh, they will be convicted of, of, of drug crime. And I'm like, what? That means that the narco cartels are actually communist on purpose because the communists will facilitate their breaking of our laws because they want to break our laws. And, and that's really, it's a financial decision. It's completely pragmatic. <laughs> it's a completely pragmatic marriage. Like, no, that's I want it. to break their laws and, and sell drugs. So let's do it. That's, that's incredibly disturbing. That yes. is incredibly disturbing. Wow. Wow. That's when I, I said, oh, oh, okay. Well, then that, that makes it easier for the, you know, the fentanyl to come in from the CCP. Makes it hell of a lot easier. And then, of course, I read this text with willful blindness. And I'm like, oh, the puzzle pieces fit so, man, if you think the way they do, that, that totally matches. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wow, indeed. So, wow. Yeah. I, have you thought of doing a show 
or maybe you have, maybe it's one that I've missed. Uh, mm -hmm. That would be a wonderful, wonderful topic. I know that we touched on it like midway through. I remember having a. I mean, I say it occasionally, but you know, I mean, people are like, "Whoa, this is new information!" Every single time. So, well, so. that's why I think that's why I think you, we should devote more of a, or you know, ha having that as a topic would be really incredibly relevant because it's something that I mean, I you know, I live in New Mexico, and mm. even to me, you know, being on a border state, that's still new information you know a different perspective and so i just assume if it's a different perspective for me somebody who's here you know for people living you know in other areas of the country they're probably even less new mexico to... is so close to el paso like it's just you know and it's right you're there you know you're there and um and who was it was bill illusion was reporting today from from new mexico it finally happened. He just he just moved over like maybe two blocks over, and 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 he was in New Mexico, and he, he caught you know it's like look there are gotaways. I'm like it's at least it's different B roll. I, I I could I could complain. It's like well, it's always the guys running across the border getting overweight. Oh oh there they go, and that's it, and that's it. You know, and that's the kind of crap that we've been watching here in Texas for years. That's like, ever yeah like. That's I'm like that's life on a Tuesday. Totally. What are you, no, what are you saying? <laughs> no, that's like that's like every day. That is like, yeah, like seriously as, as the sun. That's like the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. The sun sets. <laughs> it's like so. What are you saying, Bill? And at least he has different footage. Like I was I was cracking jokes on Twitter this week. He had like the. The, the the thermal footage of all the people coming out like like uh, and of course I started making uh, jokes I started cracking jokes I'm like oh it's attacking the lava people <laughs> because of the because yeah, it's like red orange in the thermal yeah. cam <laughs> totally yeah it's, well, and there you go but and that's like that's just but and that's just it though is that's what people think about right that like along those lines they don't think about what you and I were just talking about that. Right. They don't live there. About. Right. So I think bringing it up to people in that rather than just a purely like human trafficking and immigrant, you know, uh, migration, illegal immigration, however you want to like conceptualize it. There's this other part of it that because it involves money and a lot of money and mm. it's, you know, it's just a part of, uh, and also because it's, uh, because there is one political party that is much more, well, I mean, they're both now at this point. I mean, I remember when, I can't remember which politician it was like, it wasn't Mitch McConnell, it was like, uh, it was somebody else who all of a sudden, like one day he was totally anti-drug and the next day he was completely pro-marijuana because he was an investor in, uh, you know, one of the largest um, it was either a grow operation, but, or, you know, retail fronts. So, so yeah, it, it hits left and right, but we should at least be honest about when people are vouching for that as a political policy, like what they're really getting at, because if they're, you know, if they're moving fentanyl across the border and then arguing for drug decrim decriminalization, that's slightly different than growing some weed in your backyard so you can smoke and arguing for drug decrim decriminalization. Those are different right. things. Yeah, and, and I think that if we're going to talk about a, a drug decriminalization show, that the medical path is ha actually the viable path. It's worked. And if, if a, marijuana is rescheduled as a legal substance to, to use for big adult people who accept the results of those things, you know, we know what the what the detractions and the, and the bad things that come from alcohol addiction are. We know it, we call it alcoholism. We know what those things are. Uh, is everyone who uses alcohol alcohol an alcoholic? No, they are not. Okay, and and it's it's right and good to say okay, we're going to allow this substance to be used for certain medical purposes with great deals of studies to show the the benefits and the side effects 
and the deficits of using this as medicine. And then, um, you know, and, and that's how it became legal in many states. That was the path to legalization. It has worked. So they're using other, you know, psychotropic or uh, psychedelic substances as psychotropics. Um, ketamine studies are, are all over the place. Ketamine studies, ayahuasca studies, psilocybin studies, you know, most of those studies are legal in a controlled capacity, even right here in Texas. Texas, whatever you want to say about it as a conservative red state, has a lot of, they want to take chances on new things. They allow yeah. for new things to be explored and, you know, let them work, let them fail. You know, there, there was a, a terrible cold snap that, because they decided to, can you just mute your mic, Nate? Sorry. <laughs> um, they uh they had a terrible cold snap and and the technology didn't work and and some people really ended up dying from that but do you think that they'll give up on on diversifying energy uh through through all these things that, you know it not everything is a is an up or down on or off you know yes and no switch sometimes it's like a little bit more over here a little less over here and that's that's the benefits of of kind of regulating versus canceling and, and saying yes no you know on off black white you know it's not it's not that you know there, there are shades or or you know kind of you need a knob not a switch so all right um i think that was your last word the last last word nate anybody else want to just get in here really quick and say something before we go going once going twice all right, that's it. I'm calling it. Thank you guys for listening and and uh, to the Unsanctioned Citizen podcast. The last two days of calling. Woo-hoo! So uh, and Monday will be the last. It will be day 100, 100 of a hundred days of calling. Thank you for attending. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen podcast archives at Substack. Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.